we've seen what communities and people who care coming together can do. So I think the most potent chance we have and successful chance we have at truly making change, not just in our country, but around the world is, is the two of those things coming together because we have to have leaders who give a shit. Fashion is awesome, but there's so much more than just the fashion to it. Um, and that is my goal is like, here's cool stuff. Here's ideas for when you're out thrifting or garage selling or wherever you are of some things you can look for. But I also want you to know, here's why it's so cool you're, you're shopping this way. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. This is an invocation known as the Great Invocation, and it's part of an ageless wisdom tradition, uh, the downloaded works, so to speak, of a woman named Alice Bailey, who produced a massive amount of channeled material during the 1930s. And she worked with a master teacher known as Master DK or Master Jawal Kool, also known as the Tibetan in the translated material. Alice Bailey was an English woman. She was, I think, a housewife or, you know, nothing, nothing notable as most women in history have been recorded as being, right? And for her to receive this information and become a, an open channel for the quality of material that came through, um, there's there's so much to owe to this this person for this material that was brought through. And the reason that I'm starting the episode today with this invocation um, is because we are in a festival season in the Angel's Wisdom tradition. And uh, I feel like it's, it's important to kind of uh, cast this information out to a broader landscape and also to help de demystify some of the questions or the language that is used in this material. You know, as someone who uh, has been studying ageless wisdom with my master teacher for over 20 years, it's like, I, that was a big gulp <laughs> if you didn't hear me say, if you didn't hear it come through. Um, it, it's, the Bailey material is considered one of the, the new Bibles, so to speak. And there's been... A lot of controversy around that because it is such mental material. Um, you know, you pick up a book like uh, A Treatise on White Magic, and it's not like a fun book about 
magic, right? Like the idea of how we, you know, cast rituals and do spells and things like that to change our lives. But the esoteric nature of the material really works on the mental plane and uh, providing stillness, working with very esoteric concepts as the seven rays, um, the violet flame of transmutation is mentioned in that material. And I mean, this is, this is me revealing some of the, the deeper work that I've kind of danced around for a long time um, because it, it is a very personal practice to implement these, these teachings into your life because they're not taught on a vast scale. The Lucius Trust, L-U-C-I-S, uh, obviously that name probably got some flack from uh, <laughs> certain conservative uh, religiosity, uh, but the Lucius Trust is the one that prints the, the Alice Bailey works along with the um, Mount Shasta material. Um, I know there's, there's a couple sets of books that are out there right now, but the, the Bailey books are dark blue. And there's a vast set of them, and I have to admit that they're very, very challenging to get through. And one of the earlier episodes, I invited my, my mother, who, who's devoted a lot of time to working with esoteric astrology. And that's something that I'd like to bring more into my practice, into the work that we're talking about today. But first things first, we have to meditate and we have to integrate. Otherwise, the esoteric material doesn't really help us when we're living on a mundane level, which is one of the reasons I think my mom sort of stepped aside uh, from doing the work because it, it just didn't seem to apply all the time unless you're working with, you know, I don't want to say highly evolved, but that's that's the only words that I have to describe it. Um So we'll talk a little bit about the great invocation that I just read from here. And this idea from the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. So we, we have these ideas of like light being the illumination, that which engulfs the shadow, which brings things up to the surface to be revealed. And oh boy, oh boy, we've been going through that this last year, right? It feels like the America's Pluto return is bringing all the shit to the surface. And then this week with Chiron conjunct the sun, um, that big full moon, I'm sure that we're all feeling a little bit tender heart, a little tender heart bear happening there. Um, so in, in esoteric wisdom, they talk about the, the, uh, the three manifestations um, of God's energy. And if that word, the G word is triggering for you, please interchange it with, you know, the creative force, the universe, um, higher self, nature, whatever it is that, that feels most authentic to your process. Uh, I know that the, the God word was really, uh, triggering for me when I was younger. I had a lot of resentments uh, towards that that concept and, and sort of the mixed messages I was getting in culture and uh, things that I was receiving. Um, so, so please, like, take this with a grain of salt. You know, replace it with whatever feels the most authentic when you think of spirit and the creative force within you and that penetrates in all life and all objects and all things around you. So you have the love wisdom aspect, you have active intelligence and the will and power, right? And these, these uh, connect with the, the seven rays 
the seven rays of energy are, in the most simplest terms, it's like God's crayons. <laughs> so will and power, love, wisdom, and active intelligence are those three faces uh, that we all kind of manifest through. And, and think about that. You know, we're sort of in a will and power time being Aries season. It's like, all right, let's charge through. Love and wisdom, you know, that feels a lot like uh, a warm blanket. You know, the, the way that we, we see the world and serve the world through acts of service. And then active intelligence is about bringing the plan forth. Seeing the bigger picture and finding a way to, to, to land that, to ground that. And um, this is important material right now, hence why I'm bringing it up because of the three festivals that are, that are happening right now with the full moon in Aries season, the full moon in Taurus season, and the full moon in Gemini season. <clears throat> so, you know, if you go back and read the Great Invocation, um, it re- refers to may the coming one return to Earth. And that... That's not referring to Christian religiosity of of the second coming of Christ. In the wisdom material, um, through the Bailey works and through, um, you know, these these understandings, is that the the second coming of Christ is the awakening within all of us to enter our Christ Christed selves, the soul self, the the part of us that is closest to to God and to wisdom. It's really strange saying that out loud um, because, you know, we, we associate the word Christ with, you know, Christianity, uh, you know, Easter being this weekend, you know, am I being blasphemous? You know, there's lots of thoughts around that because Master Jesus was an incredible teacher and there was a whole religion raised up around uh, his death and, uh, I mean, brutal, brutal death and the story of his life and a lot of people turning their karmic reckoning over to to him to this idea of uh of uh him being a sin eater in a way um i didn't grow up with christianity i mean i grew up in a culture that is judeo-christian in in the way that it moves and the way that it values things and and I'm sure I've gotten all kinds of subconscious understandings of this of this idea of like turning oneself over um, but as as I grew up my mom said that it was my job to be more Christ-like you know to embody love and service and wisdom and um, being brave right and I, I think that Master Jesus was all about bravery and about standing up for what was right for embodying compassion and loving others unconditionally. And I think there's a lot of values in the stories and um, the histories that are associated with the, the Christian faith, uh, except for this idea of, you know, keeping, keeping Christ on the cross and not putting him into our hearts. Um, so if you, you know, if you look up the great invocation, you know, those, that word, the, the coming one return to earth is this idea of all of us waking up. And from the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. You know, we have our little wills and then there's like the big willpower, right? And we seem to be navigating this planet, you know, this earth. Uh, walking around just our wills echoing off of one another and what bounces around enough gets to manifest 
And so what we think about, what we want, what we desire is all very important into the divine plan. And we are part of the divine plan. Our movements, our desires help us to connect into the bigger picture. It's when we're muddied, when we're unclear, when we are self-centered rather than centered in self is when things get a bit messy. And we all know what that feels like. When you've had someone take advantage of you, when you've taken advantage of somebody else, And typically your tummy compass, as I call it, the tummy compass will start blaring and (laughs) shooting off sparks when you feel like you've been taken advantage of or when you've done something wrong. And that starts pretty early in childhood when we know we screw up. And I think that when we can keep our tummy compass calibrated, we tend to be on the right path (laughs) doing the best that we can. So from the center, which we call the human race, you know, we as humans, a guardian kingdom on this planet, this terrarium filled with other beings and species. And, you know, we have this role to fulfill and we've done a crappy job (laughs) for the most part in the last couple of centuries, really letting our wills run rampant. And now is a time to reconnect with our will and how we are utilizing that guardianship role. So letting the plan of love and light work out, may it seal the door where evil dwells. That word evil, again, another one, like it's a trigger word. Think of it this way, um, the word live backwards, evil. The opposite of living, you know, when it's destructive, when it's against life, right? So let light and love and power, this is the light, active intelligence, love, love, wisdom, and power, will and power, restoring the plan. This journey in consciousness back to unification, right? Uh, Let that work out. So that's called the Great Invocation. Um, You can look that up with Lucius Trust, L-U-C-I-S Trust. um, And they... You know, I'm not like I'm, I'm not involved with that organization. I mean, they're kind of the protect, protectors of this literature, the the Bailey material that comes through. So I'm just giving you a, a reference point. There's a lot of information. You can sign up with them, and they'll send you a little packet with the Great Invocation. And um, they have a, a organization called Triangles, where you can you know pick a time every day at noon or whenever it is, and you think of two other people, and you all recite the great invocation to create a triangulation of energy. Um, If that's something that you're called to service to do, by all means, you know, I think that any sort of prayer or an intentional work, if you resonate with this material, sweet. Otherwise, connect with two other people and be like, hey, let's like send some like good juju out to the universe every day at noon. You know, it doesn't have to be the great invocation. You could think of planet Earth. You could think of humanity waking up softly, gently, lovingly towards one another in this lifetime or many, many down the road. It's important that we raise our own vibration. Uh, that's, that's the work of being here on planet Earth. This is not a sacred planet yet, people, especially in esoteric astrology, that It's our job as conscious beings here as guardians of this beautiful, beautiful place to elevate our vibration to one of love, to create sacredness in the way that we move through the world. 
So to get down to these um, these festivals that I'm speaking of, um, I feel a little silly, like really going into this material. But this is what I uh, was called to do for today, rather than talking just just about Aries season. But we'll get into that. Um, so the we know that Easter usually runs around this time of year. Um, I, I don't know if everyone's aware that the that Easter always falls the Sunday after the full moon in Libra. So that's during Aries season. You have your full moon in Aries season. And then Easter falls on the following weekend. Uh, This is always true. Uh, You can watch how Easter bounces around the calendar every year because of this, uh, this reflection of nature and cycles. I think a lot of people don't know about that. So I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. So the, the Aries full moon it's, it's in Libra, obviously, because of the, the lunation. Um, they, they associate this with the, the festival of, of Easter, um, festival of Christ is what it's known as as well. Um, you know, so, so Christed energy is about the love of God, you know, of spirit, of universal energy and love is the cause of all creation and the sustaining factor and all life. Right? Love is the glue. <laughs> Love is the glue of the universe. So this is a time, um, these, these three festivals that I'm going to be talking about. So we have this, this one here in the Aries full moon, Easter. And then we have the festival of Buddha, Wisak, which is during the Taurus season full moon. And then the festival of humans of goodwill, um, goodwill, not like the donation center, but goodwill is in like heart and soul, right? <laughs> like I have goodwill towards men that, that saying, okay. <laughs> so we're not talking about thrifting. We will get into that later when we have Megan Evans on for the interview. Um, so these three festivals represent sort of the, the initiatory part of the year. And it gives us an opportunity as humans to consider our basic and divine pur- purpose. Um, you know, we, we think about how various religious institutions simultaneously observe in their own way the unique annual approach of man to spirit and spirit to man, right? So we have Christ in the West and Festival of Buddha in the East, and then a culmination point. So we're honoring, you know, both, both sides of that coin, um, but also recognizing that these, these festivals in base form, you know, it's about getting still, finding clarity, meditative clarity, so we can have a revealing process to what our purpose is for this year, what work we can culminate, right? Um, And then in the full moon in Gemini, we have our action and activity, uh, I think it's interesting that stillness comes with this this full moon in Aries because Aries is not a very still sign at all. I mean, you think of impulsive, you think of forward moving, of resilience. Um, so that's almost like the opposite energy to find stillness, to sit in platitude and 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 reflect. Um, and I think that's that's what that that uh, you know Master Jesus Christed energy is about is sort of stepping into the self and sitting in stillness and connecting with our higher mind because it's in the mind where our purpose is revealed 
and we're living in this time of constant anxiety, constant distraction. There's not a lot of stillness when we have our phone deflecting and the news and all the chaos that's happening around us. And all of this is practice, people. Everything that happens to us is an opportunity to really step in further into ourselves, to really connect with the full self. So finding your stillness, finding your meditation practice, you know, if you've kind of like sloughed off a little bit, you know, step back in, come back to your seat, as they say, come back to your breath. Um, Five minutes a day. I've got that. Do you have that? Maybe you get it up to 24 minutes a day. Maybe you do it twice a day. Whatever gets you to just sit with yourself and to make friends with your mind is going to be a massive gift. So then in this revealing process, this is, um, you know, the, the festival of Buddha, Wisak in, in uh, April. So it'll be April 26 is that full moon. Um, I think t- to me, there's a lot about like, uh, you know, in, in the Buddhist religion, they, there's this belief that, you know, the, the Buddha reveals himself over Wisak and sort of like emanates this light and love and, and this clearing, this, this transmutive energy, which feels very appropriate. So the revealing that happens is that first we get still and then we hear the plan, our part, our purpose. What, what are we supposed to do this year? And it's not about like, hey, like you better start your exercise routine. You know, that's that's not what I'm I'm saying about revealing. I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, like what organization could I get involved with? Or maybe I'm supposed to get that book written. Or maybe it's something as simple as like, I need to take better care of myself so that I can be of, of max capacity to others around me. And maybe it's just about like getting on your getting on your routine again or making friends with yourself really developing your meditation practice maybe it's just about that I can't write that script for you you know that's that's part of doing this inner work is like paying attention and not asking a teacher to do your work for you but for you to listen to your higher mind your inner self your your soul voice and and stepping and tapping into that um the action and activity, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Think about Gemini season, right? Action, activity, curiosity. So the festival of um, humans of goodwill, uh, that happens closer to solstice season, but this year, May, May 26th. Um, and that's that's about taking initiative, taking the next stand. You know, what, what are you supposed to do with this information? You, you get still, full moon in Aries, you get revealed, full moon in Taurus season, and then you take action, full moon in Gemini season, right? So uh, that was kind of my long-winded uh, insight into this information. Um, again, there's there's more stuff online. Uh, I promise it's not like a culty, weird thing. I would not direct you that that way. I mean, this is, this is honestly like humans are a little wackadoo, and uh, obviously we're not perfect at bringing through material. Look how screwed up things get when people adhere themselves to texts. So the the idea is like, use some discernment. If you feel drawn to anything that I'm saying that you didn't fast forward through the section of the, uh, of the podcast, um, go check it out. You know, there's, there's information out there and, uh, hopefully someone will create a cliff's notes for the Alice Bailey material because that stuff is wordy. Uh, but when you start to familiar, familiarize yourself with, uh, inner inner literature the way that it that it comes through the esoteric wisdoms 
um, that comes through channeled material. There's, there's a lot of really amazing stuff in there. And you don't have to take it to the end of the line. I think that it's just saying uh, we're all one. That's the big secret, folks. We are all one. And you can't have it both ways. <laughs> we're one or we're not. You can't have it both ways, as my teacher says. All right, beauties. So we had uh, that giant supermoon on Sunday. Uh, that was March 28th, just a couple of days ago. Uh, so that Libra full moon was very revealing of, of issues coming up in relationships. We had the Chiron sun conjunction, which is still emanating at this time. Uh, Aries Venus as well is still hanging out there doing a, doing a separation from that. But I love all the interpretations that I see online. And I, and I think that uh, it's really important to read what other astrologers are saying, following what they're, what they're talking about, um, because we're all looking at the same sky, all from different angles. So there's a lot to be offered and considered from reading different works. And you'll always hear me elevating other voices or posting other stuff on Instagram. Um, so you can get some of that insight, some of that poetry, some of that, uh, revealing right from other voices and other minds because I am certainly not the end-all be-all in anything Um, and it and it really helps to discern and collect information from all over the place um love is the glue so I've been thinking a lot about Aries season and and as an Aries sun sign sometimes I feel a little bit blinded to my own energy uh, you know, it's like somebody else has to name it for me to really see that. Uh, when I spoke to Brian Evans, he's like, Aries sun sign, seventh house, you're here to kick ass. I just laughed, you know, because there, there's some truth to that. Like kicking ass is part of the Aries uh, motivation, um, depending on what aspects you have to your sun, da, 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 da. But, you know, Aries is is about bravery. It's about stepping out into the world and really revealing yourself, um, the resilience that comes with, with Aries, um, this ability to kind of bounce back, to heal quickly, to, to move on, right? It's speak your truth and then move on to the next thing. Um, often there's can, some insensitivity that comes with Aries because they, they might be over something like way over it because they felt like I, you know, I blew up or I said my, said my two cents worth and let's move on. Whereas other people might, you know, be a little butt hurt, might need a little bit of time and process and words and communication to connect. Whereas Aries is like on to the next task. <laughs> Poor Aries is always feeling like they have a thousand tasks behind them that are unfinished and a thousand ideas in front of them that they don't know if they can accomplish at all. Because it's the initiating, it's that starting, that's the fun part, right? That there's this newness and uh, there, I don't know, there's something really, really sexy to Aries about the newness and the freshness and the new beginnings. Um, because that's kind of the, the season that we're in, right? Everything's bursting out of the ground. You know, my, my birthday was Sunday and I can already see the difference in, in the buds coming up from the earth. Um, and I, I want to talk about Chiron um, because I mentioned, I mentioned this asteroid quite a bit, this idea that we have, a, we have a revealer in our charts of both our wound and the antidote for that wound. 
And it's all very personal and very unique to each of us, even though there are some generational, you know, chirons, of course, like depending on when you're born, what it's aspected to. We run and run and run and run and run from our Chiron. Most of us that are alive today have some aspect to to Chiron and Uranus or Saturn. Um, and, and this creates this, this kind of friction where we're constantly moving away from the things that that hurt us, that trigger us, that make us feel very vulnerable. And I think about the story of Chiron, the centaur that was half man and half horse. He was kind of a freak amongst the centaur horse people that were mostly about um, (laughs) survival instinct, you know, food and and sex and fighting. Uh, And... You know, this this great centaur Chiron was a, a master teacher to all the great heroes in Greek mythology, Greco-Roman mythology more aptly. And, you know, would take take these heroes away to caves to, to help them to reveal their own shadow and to learn wisdom and self-reflection. And the awareness that we're both earthly beings and spiritual beings at the same time reflected in the centaur, the the horse connected the earth, the the man's uprightness that can connect and look to the stars and the beyond. It's self-reflective property. In Chiron, tracing over Aries' sun, you know, this this time of of really illuminating, you know, and actually having the the chutzpah, the, the gusto to move further into those wounds that are preventing us from self-actualizing right because that's that's what the solar energy is about if i mean you you can say oh my rising sign is stronger or my moon sign is stronger yeah they they all serve the chart but your solar energy your sun sign is is the center of your universe is the energy that you have to bask within to be brave to be brave enough to look at the things that are hurting you and this is happening to us collectively and for someone like me with an Aries sun at eight degrees that the lunation this week revealed that Chiron is directly conjunct with, um, that's a lot to take on, I think, for me personally. And I, and I thought that I would share a little bit about my experience lately and about this lifetime, really. Um, I was thinking a lot about, you know, my my health issues and how those are really coming up to fruition and, and, uh, and how that's affecting me. (laughs) You know, I was born with kidney reflux disease. I was kind of a sickly kid for most of my life. I had a lot of, you know, bladder and kidney problems growing up. I got my first back brace (laughs) when I was 13 years old. And then I got a second one when I was 18 and went to college. And I was thinking about that back brace. Um, My mom recently threw it away. I'd held on to it for years. I wore it for about 18 months. And I wore it outside my clothes. Um, So people who met me when I was 18 saw me looking like a stormtrooper Barbie. This plastic shell with Velcro, Velcro straps that, you know, covered my entire torso. And when I went to the clinic in New Orleans to get that, um, to get that brace, it was called a, a Copes, Scopes brace, Copes, I can't even remember anymore. Uh, they told me to wear it under clothes that I could like wear hoodies over it, you know, and, and most of the, the young people who had the braces did wear clothing over it. 
and I chose to wear it outside my clothes and I'm sure I looked hysterical because my breasts would be popping out through the hole in the torso chest and I'm sure I was intimidating. I didn't, I mean, I never would have thought of myself as that, but I wanted people to know that, that I had this issue because I wanted them to help me. And I feel like that's why I'm sharing my journey um, with my health issues of recent. Um, because when we let people know that we have stuff that we're working on, I think that it allows a consent and a space and a concession towards others to give them more room to grow or to be helped or to send them healing vibes or <laughs> to consider them. So many of the disabilities that people experience are completely invisible. Um, I posted last year um, in the fall a, a, an x-ray of my spine, which has about a 30 degree curvature in it, which you would not see looking at me other than seeing that my shoulders are crooked. But, um, you know, it's an, it's an invisible disability that I've had to live with that caused me a lot of pain when I was younger. And I have to constantly consider um, for long-term health and well-being. Uh, same with my kidney. You can't, you can't see that my left kidney is half the size of my right one. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people don't see. Mental health is a big invisible disability. And, you know, I've, I've recently had a number of biopsies. Uh, I mean, this has been going on for 15 years for me, as long as I've been an adult. Um, and it's scary, right? And I let y'all know, I was like, I'm scared. I may have to go in for another biopsy. And, and then the next week I went in to go get a dermatology checkup and they found melanoma. And yesterday I had um, a very large piece of tissue removed from my arm. It was about the size of a silver dollar and as thick as a cookie. Um, and I'm just sitting here in a wrap and have to go in for another follow-up procedure tomorrow. And I don't know, I'm just trying to use this opportunity to let people know, you know, if you're fair-skinned, blue-eyed, you know, or if you've got a funky-looking mole, go get it checked out. You know, you can't, you can't wait for somebody else to fix things for you. You have to go and, and approach it. And, uh, you know, I, I, love, I love so many of the people who support me and send me Reiki and, um, and the healing vibes uh, but you can't always heal stuff through prayer. Uh, we live in a physical body. We have an emotional body. We have a spiritual body. And healing is a, is an, is a well-rounded experience. I can't wish away a mole. And I can't wish away a racquetball-sized benign tumor out of my breast. I've had to go in for surgeries on multiple occasions because I, I can't fix that stuff myself. I do believe that I can, you know, heal the, the injuries faster. I can, um, I can fill in the gaps. You know, my body is incredibly wise and I try to take, take this information in. Um, but you know, no essential oil is going to, is going to fix this stuff, right? Like, I mean, there's some things that need allopathic support and, I believe as a holistic practitioner, as someone who has an alternative and complementary business, you know, the, the support work that I do with Reiki, uh, you know, you got a broken leg, go get it set and then call me. Okay. <laughs> like, 
And that's, that's usually what my clients do is they, you know, they're like, all right, I'm ready to work with the deeper issues surrounding this. And then we dive into what happened around that injury, what transits were happening at the time of that, of that cause, you know, what's happening in your life. But not every little issue is going to be some catastrophic emotional healing catharsis, you know. Um, I think that honestly, after all the meditation I've done in this arm thing, I think genetically I'm just predisposed. Even as someone who stays out of the sun, I still got skin cancer. Uh, And I mean, maybe that's me saying like, hey, maybe we look at climate change, you know, (laughs) let's look at this stuff. Um, all right. So that's, that's enough about me. <laughs> Look at me on my little airy stand there, but talking about, you know, the Chiron woundedness and what's coming to the surface this last week, you know, think about what, what little things have been triggering you, what has been putting pressure on you to pay attention to it. Are you ignoring it? Or are you just throwing a fit because you don't know what to do with that information? Or are you taking some time to sit down, write it down, consider, think about, right? All of that really matters in the way we work with things. Um, So right now we're in a pretty dreamy, creative, symbolic time with Mercury conjunct Neptune, along with the Sun conjunct Chiron and Aries. Um, So Mercury and Neptune uh, are conjunct and then parallel this week. So I would definitely do some considerations and thinking about um, what is what is being revealed to you in your dreamscape? You know, what are your dreams telling you? What is your space out time revealing to you? Uh, what kind of inspiration is, is kind of holding you close? Are you feeling sensitive? Are you mentally foggy, right? Mercury in Pisces is going to go, uh, direct into Aries on the third. That's this Saturday. Um, and you know, I, my understanding is that Mercury in Pisces is kind of, it almost feels like a retrograde period because it is very, uh, lucid, gooey, receptive time. Um, doesn't feel like, you know, exactly what to do or where to go, but there's all this information coming in. So hopefully you'll feel a little bit more direct on, on Saturday and be able to take some of these thoughts and ideas that are being revealed to you and taking them into action. So I think that's going to be a beautiful shift in energy to help give us a little bit more, a little more push, right? Um, Oh my gosh, I have Megan Evans here today. Uh, Megan is a friend of mine uh, living in the Des Moines area, and she is a activist with clothing. Uh, also in politics, which is her is her regular job, and she'll talk about her career path. Um, but you know how I how I got to know Megan was that she she has this um, kind of a, a, a side business. I don't know if it, I don't really consider it a business because it feels more like a service than anything else. But uh, as seen on me, as seen on me, M E Megan Evans, uh-huh, love it. Uh, we're she's all about thrifted clothing. And she uses this, this concept of kind of glamour and what looks good and like pretty pictures. And she uses this as a, as a political platform, you know, uh, bringing, bringing this like hot group of women together in Des Moines, love all of you, uh, to take photographs in clothing and uh, funny old prom dresses and glitter and glamour from the 80s and sequins to uh, bring conscious awareness around 
the industry, the, the pain of the fashion industry that causes a lot of problems environmentally. Uh, this idea of like wear and throw away clothing is hugely problematic, not only for workers and laborers, but for our environment. Um, so vintage is an act of rebellion, right? In these, in these climate crisis days and this time of reconnecting with the earth. And so this is a, this is a way for her to educate people about clothing and about our impact on the environment based on our consumption, our consumerism. And she has some pretty exciting uh, events coming up. I'm just going to list those out because she didn't have the dates. But this Saturday, they are doing um, an event. It's called the Fit Stop. And this is happening in Des Moines, but you can certainly reach out and find Megan Evans online. How cool would it be for this to spread into other cities um, just with other iterations about thrifting and uh, climate consciousness, right? So without further ado, uh, stay inspired. This is the uh, Inspired Astrology Podcast with Lauren K. Hickman, uh, giving you my long monologue rant on the many movements of the spiritual energy for the springtime and bringing you Aries sun sign, Megan Evans. We're able to look at like how fortunate we are so many of us and that like really there's an opportunity for a lot of us to give back are you there i'm here so megan evans welcome to the space cast thanks i'm so excited to be here i heard that you got your first round of the vaccine and i wanted to ask you how you feel about that i did um you know it's kind of a weird feeling. It's also weird because it's pre-existing conditions of me being a smoker before. So it's like the one time it's been a positive in my life of having cigarettes in my background. Um, so, you know, I think there's always a little bit of anxiety for me around like putting anything in my body. Um, but I just tried to stay really calm I'm very thankful to be able to get it um, and uh, waiting three weeks for round round two for this vaccine to be over with in my life. Well, I'm really happy to hear that it worked out for you. Uh, I also a former smoker, so <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like no, oh, no judgment there. No judgment there. Yeah, it's, it looked cool, right? It was like having totally. something to do, something in your hands to do. Uh, well, I love hearing that. And I, I mean, I know as an Aries woman, you know, both of us are very like independent, but also pretty extroverted. And you specifically are a very outgoing person. I mean, pre-pandemic, you were out almost every day of the week doing volunteer stuff, meeting up with people for drinks, doing political work. And I want to ask you how that, how this has affected you. We're at the, you know, the first, you know, one year of the pandemic. So tell me about your experience with this. What have you learned? What has helped you to grow? Yes, I'm quite active and would see you at a lot of the activities. So I know um, both of us are, are out and about a lot. I think at the beginning of the pandemic for me, it was really a struggle because I was 
having so many mixed emotions about everything. I'll be very honest. I also had a lot of like judgment and anger towards people who were like, I'm so bored and complaining about toilet paper and things like that. When I guess I was looking at it of so many people are suffering right now. So many people have to go into work at a convenience store, the grocery store. So like we can keep up our as normal as they could be lives at that time. So it was just kind of a weird feeling of like trying to figure out what was coming next. Also trying to like not be in a space of like the world is really falling apart now. Like, but I see, I see in it that, I mean, I do feel like it, it kind of just opened wounds of things that like for people maybe who didn't see it before. I think I also like continued to try and just do so much because I wasn't used to not being out and not doing things. And I don't feel like I really like took a break until a lot later in the year and started to do things like read at night and like, it's okay to not be doing stuff all the time. So it'll be something that I hope carries into my life when things like quote unquote open back up uh, to kind of keep some of that space of just like chilling and doing something that I want to do that doesn't have, you know, any, any action except like something that I want to do and is relaxing and doesn't have to be out somewhere to do it. So I hear that stillness has been a challenge for you. And, you know, I know, I know your secret Virgo rising stuff. So I, I think that there's, you know, this sense of like constantly processing, constantly wanting to be of service. And I recall early on in the pandemic, you were doing Instagram live, which I had never done before. And you invited me on to do a meditation and kind of a, a self-care check-in. And I, I want to, I want to honor that, that even while you were, you were suffering from the trauma that we all collectively experienced, it was like a wave of what the fuck, and we all didn't know what to do. And your first movement was, how can I be useful to other people? And how can I be brave enough to step up and just like do the thing? And that meant a lot to me. And I know you are just a fierce promoter on Instagram and always sort of bringing your full self to the table. And I, I just love what you do. And I want to, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that, that it meant a lot to me to see you continue to be useful to other people. Well, thank you. It meant a lot for, for you to come on and do that. And it was, we'll probably talk more about this, but I, I feel like we talk about clothes a lot, obviously, in my side hustle but I really I feel like it's almost just kind of been like not hidden because people who know me know like I I talk about the woo-woo stuff all the time and people know I'm very political as well but how to really like bring all of these things together it's all connected and like to have you come on on and you know just pop on the gram and do a quick meditation for people who see it and you know were able to join I just think was such an easy thing that we could do. And I did, you're right. Like that is, it's kind of my fallback is like, what can I do to help? Because it makes me, it just, it does like make me feel better and that I'm doing something 
when there's not a lot of other stuff that I can do. Like we can get on Instagram <laughs> and see if anybody else wants to do a little meditation with us. I can't wait to talk more about clothes with you. But first off, I want to hear a little bit more about the soil that you came up from and maybe maybe how you identify as an Aries, like what stories have sort of resonated with you from childhood about being brave or getting up in front of people or taking leadership roles or just being a strong and saucy woman like you are? Well, thanks. I have certainly learned a lot more about my sign from you. Thank you very much um, from our sessions together. And it does make me kind of look back on things that I guess I've done things that like my family hasn't done as much of. I took on roles and positions and joined volunteer organizations and pushed myself very hard in school and things like that, that I, I think certainly comes from every side of me. That is also just kind of the go, go, go. I would assume comes from that as well. It's funny. And I know we had talked a bit about my dad before we, before we had chatted. So he is an Aries also. And I just think this is kind of a funny, ironic thing. So his birthday was 4-4 and I am 4-14. And like the similarities between us were just like crazy. Like there's so many things in common. There's so many traits, negative and positive that we both shared. But I think from a young age, I have, have kind of always push myself to to do more things and to take on at times probably more than I should be handling <laughs> but I I feel like I got a lot of that like outgoingness and just ability to get up and give it a try from my my lot of it was from my dad and and we're both Aries so there the similarities are are certainly there with that one of the first things I noticed about you, Megan, besides your bright pink lipstick most of the time <laughs> when, we're, when we're unmasked, um, you have a tattoo on your finger of your father's handwriting, but it, it says, I am, which is the, the kind of the astrological phrase that matches up with Aries. And I feel like that is, I don't know, it's just this marker point that I always think of you in that like, I am and that resonance with I'm being, I'm becoming, I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It was, it's so random, like, that I had forgotten, like, I'll tell you this very quick story. I promise it's not long about how it all came about, like getting the tattoo. Um, So I had to go to, I got to go to Florida at the end of 2016 to help like the last month and a half of the Hillary Clinton campaign. And it was stressful, long days, as you can imagine. So, you know, Donald Trump winning then was just, I think, truly like a shock for all of us. And there's this lady I worked with who like she came on part time to help out. But she was just kind of like an intuitive coach. She did meditations with corporations and things like that. So the night after the election, she was, she had hosted these meditations on the beach. So I drove up to Pompano, I was like 45 minutes away from where I was. And we just sat there and it was the first time in a long time I had done like a group meditation and the mantra she gave us was I am. And this was just one of the most like powerful, like feelings I had ever had in a meditation. So the next day I was telling my sister about this and 
she's like, do you remember dad used to tell us to like say this I am when we meditated and when we were younger, we were not about meditating at all. And it was just kind of this full circle. And then how much like, you know, I am Christian, like biblical meeting there is an I am, then the Aries thing is I am. So we just decided if, a few years ago, we're like, let's do it. Let's get a tattoo. And we just went on his birthday and went and got it. And I will tell you, it hurt very bad, even as tiny as it is. But it was, it's only like the meaning has only grown for me since I got it, which is, it's a cool thing. And just a good little reminder I have on me now at all times. What better, what more could you want from it? I mean, yeah, the other little stars and hearts I have are fine, but like this one has a little more meaning to it. So, okay. So tell me about like high school, Megan, did I hear you had a pink convertible? I, I, I feel like that's part of your I did. I did. It's so cute and so impractical to have a pink convertible in Iowa no major accidents um and it was not my dad was driving it one day and just the sun got in his eyes and he got in a car accident and totaled it and he was fine but my poor little car did not make it out and so I have not had a convertible since then and it was like an old like it was an older Mustang this was not like a brand new car by any means and it was very faded that my parents were able to help but I made it work got me this car but I did love it I could never drive it now though I can't do two doors <laughs> um I do want to shift gears into these political jobs because you've mentioned the Clinton campaign you just mentioned the Obama campaign uh in 2007 tell me how you got from point a to point b with that when did you know that you wanted to be involved with politics I had volunteered I mean I think even in middle school it was probably for like extra credit and government class or something um but kind of started volunteering with campaigns at a relatively young age and then through some paperwork twists of fate ended up staying in Des Moines I went to DMAC my original plan was to go to the University of Iowa and it really just I really I felt very lost at that time though because I thought here's my plan, here's what I'm doing. And it was very quickly right before school started. I felt like everything kind of just got pulled out from under me. So going to DMAC, not really classes I wanted to take. There were issues with paperwork, things like that. And then I watched this guy on Oprah one day and it was Barack Obama. And like the next week he announced he was running for president and because of the Iowa caucus, He was in Iowa um, very quickly after that announcement. And I was just like sold. I was like, this guy like really, really could do some good. And the political climate has obviously changed drastically in the last uh, couple of elections. But so I was working, I was doing makeup and um, going to school and pretty much like another full-time job volunteering for the campaign. So that was my first job job um, as a field organizer in politics. And after that election, I came back to Iowa, worked at the makeup counter some more, 
and then just decided I really did want to go back to school because I had kind of put it on pause for the campaigns and from there went to Ohio for the 2012 election moved around for a while after that some interesting jobs and I did that through the caucus and then um, I had went and volunteered in a couple states and that was when they asked me if I wanted to go to Indiana where and then uh, came back to Iowa and have not always had that in the plan but some some life things happened so I since 2013 have been here and just started working for a couple organizations before the the job I am at now which is like one of the longest jobs I've ever had because when you work in politics you move around a lot and it changes so that is my full-time gig and it's pretty cool now to be able to just help a lot of campaigns but there's something certainly about working on especially I mean for me presidential races with someone that you are so passionate about and get to help people and do trainings with people and all of these things that is really what drove me and I think being committed to it is really the only way you can get through seven hour or seven days a week you know 13 14 hour days every day so it is nice to have uh, a little bit more stability, um, not working on a campaign now, but still being able to be involved in the political side of things. Uh, you, they must keep you uh, at least interested because it sounds like you've, you've bounced around a lot because you have a lot of passion to offer. And I think that I've always had multiple jobs at, at the same time because it gives me the illusion of yes. freedom. <laughs> And, and I have to love what I'm doing, especially if it's a full-time job or I wither like a, just a dehydrated totally. plant, you know, I just can't, I can't do it. So it sounds like you've been really happy with this public affairs firm that it's been keeping you really um, vitalized. And also what makeup counter? Hold on. I worked for Estee Lauder. I was the counter manager for, actually that was, that was probably one of my longest jobs. I worked there for a long time. So my makeup days, I did some freelance. I have not used said makeup skills much at all in the last year. <laughs> like maybe some mascara, couple photo shoots outdoors is it. But yeah, so happy to do your makeup. Um, next time we are able to do so and you need it done for something. Well, just eyes. We just can eyes only do year. eyes. Lip, yeah, <laughs> lipstick stocks are down yes. if anyone <laughs> cared to know. I'm happy to give my recommendations on the best longwear lipsticks too. And the ones to not get because I have had some real cute moments of lipstick all over my face under a mask after I thought I had good long wearing lipstick on. I remember that specific post that you made, which is... I think a good transition point um, to talk about the work that you do online, the work that you do uh, with um, political and environmental activism. But I, I do want to give space for the moment in this transition point to ask you maybe to share to the listeners why politics are important, not just to you, but to the wider scale and why we should all individually be involved if that's what yeah, you feel. Absolutely. And, I will preface this with saying that I know I have 
in my life probably put too much weight on elected officials. And I heart people on voting and you have to vote. You have to get involved. You have to do this. And I do think you do. But I will also say that I think especially after last summer with the very public murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, we've seen what communities and people who care coming together can do. So I think the most potent chance we have and successful chance we have at truly making change, not just in our country, but around the world is, is the two of those things coming together because we have to have leaders who give a shit. Are they all perfect? Are they going to change the world? No, not at all. But we know already the difference of like having Donald Trump as our president versus Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the white house. The difference is stark. The difference also shows up in policy and things that impact all of our lives. And also very much outside of the white house, how much local elections matter, how much, our mayors matter and our city council matters because they're dictating things at a level that truly impact every single day of our lives. And if you don't think you are, you probably are. And if you really are not being negatively impacted by something, I think that that's just a moment to, for all of us, like to look at the privilege we have and even more like reason to like volunteer with a group, find a local advocacy, something where you live to help out because we've got to do both sides. We've got to vote. We've got to get the right people in office. Um, but we also have to like do the stuff on our own because it's not always going to be done by the people we elect to do so. I think that's what we're seeing out of the horrific murders of I mean, they've been going on forever, but specifically the fire that sparked at Mm -hmm. Minneapolis last May. And astrologically, uh, we can go back and look at the chaos moment. I mean, it was America on fire, the whole world on fire in the middle of a pandemic that we all put our masks on and marched. I mean, that was what got me out of the first couple months of isolation and what we saw emerge was a re-enlivenment of the Black Lives Matter movement. And then the mutual aid that came out of those communities. And I think I'm, the, I'm incredibly impressed with Des Moines Black Lives Matter and the Des Moines mutual aid organizations and the bailout yeah. mutual aid and the housing mutual aid that it's filling in a gap that is lacking in our government's responsibility because of apathy on the parts of constituents. And I often think that the apathy comes from exhaustion. Uh, Having been someone who canvassed door to door and saw neighborhoods that I never realized existed as a young person, Mm -hmm. right? That there are there are huge divisions that most of us are completely blind to, which is the privilege I think you're referencing to when policies don't affect us, check your privilege. Totally. So then I, I mean, I, like I said, I think that a lot of political apathy comes from, it doesn't matter because it doesn't affect me, right? Local, uh, local Mm -hmm. elections don't affect me, which they do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) BT dubs. And that, people who are oppressed 
by poverty, by skin color, by circumstance, whatever it is, you know, often it's like you're working a couple jobs, raising some kids, whatever it is that is preventing you from getting to the polls. That's why it matters that people with privilege get up and make a voice. And that's probably why we're both very democratic. uh, If anyone (laughs) was wondering. (laughs) Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I think you've done such an awesome job, especially, um, you know, even with the moon reports that you put out, I feel like everyone I read, it's like you put in something of like, here's something you can do. Like, around voting time we were talking you know we certainly had things like that and around these other times of like we all need to work on ourselves I truly believe that I truly believe that with work we do and the work we do to love ourselves more and do these things is magnified out to the world and to everyone around us but like there's also like physically the things that we can do for others which can be just showing up and listening to someone but we have to make sure that people are heard and then also like heard at the voting booths. And in this state, we just had things passed that are trying to make it harder and harder for people to vote. And it happens across the country. And this is, this is part of it that shows though, like your state representatives matter. Our Congress people matter because they are the ones voting on you know, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act advancement. They're the ones voting on the state that's like stripping away early voting days in Iowa. Yes, sorry, that's my long-winded way of saying we need to make sure people are able to do like the rights that they were given being born an American or being an American. Voter suppression is a real, real thing. Uh, all right, we're, we're going know. down a sad rabbit hole. I think, <laughs> I think, I think we need to elevate a little bit and talk uh, more about the "As Seen on Me" movement that you've created. You have a coven of bad, oh. bad witches, bad bitches uh, that are doing some pretty magical work with you, and you're starting to combine forces. So, I would love to see, to share, to hear <laughs> you share. <laughs> What got you from vintage clothes into like, hey, let me talk to you about uh, the the uh, crisis with the fashion industry and pollution and environmental. Like, I want to, I want to oh hear my like, gosh. how this. I looks think for you, you said it so perfectly one time when we were talking about this, and I was kind of explaining my my thought process and all, and you're like, it's like the bait and switch, and I was like, yes, that's what it is, because I think so many people love fashion. I mean, no matter what style you are, we want to wear the things we want to wear and clothes mean something to us. So I've loved thrifting forever. I've, you know, supported uh, that type of sustainable shopping. And as you can imagine, has led me to have quite a collection of those things. So it was right after Trump was nominated or or after he won the election, sorry. Um, I had a few friends and it's very random how this group of girlfriends came together. And I was like, so would you guys want to do a photo shoot? I'm thinking we just do like political t-shirts with a bunch of styled, like vintage stuff around it. And we just made it happen very quickly. And they have shown up 
every single time I've asked them and are just like, it's what like women supporting women is in a dream world. And I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate and honored that like they show up and last minute sometimes and put on a bunch of clothes and quick changes in a bathroom. And (laughs) we have, you know, these pictures that we can show. Um, But fashion is awesome, but there's so much more than just the fashion to it. And that is my goal is like, here's cool stuff. Here's ideas for when you're out thrifting or garage selling or wherever you are of some things you can look for. But I also want you to know, here's why it's so cool. You're, you're shopping this way for some of the reasons you mentioned, you know, workers' rights, obviously the environment for climate justice, for a much bigger reach though. And I think something that has really come out of last summer as well is, you know, environmental intersectionalism that we are not just talking about environmental justice for the planet, but it's for the people and for the planet. And that is where I hope to continue to just be a resource for people. If they're like, I hate shopping. How do I shop like this? Here's the one thing I can do. That's a small change is what I purchased to put on my body. So like inspiration for that and also inspiration for like, why to do it more. And it kind of just goes back to like our purchase power is incredibly important. That's why like, you know, when people are like, we're going to not shop at X place, like they take notice if it is enough people banding together, but it's enough people with just one small action that can have such a tremendous impact. And I know for me, it gets, it gets a little overwhelming sometimes and it gets frustrating thinking we're doing all this stuff. We're recycling, we're buying this way, we're shopping this and this and this sustainably but like it that's where it goes back to politics like when we have elected officials who some of them are still denying that climate change is real and that climate refugees don't exist and that you know we can't even get them to admit these things like how are they ever going to be on the side where they will actually pass laws and policies that that do the bigger changes we need to actually like slow at least the global warming that is happening on our planet. I've always thrifted and always have shopped vintage. It is economical. It's impactful. A lot of times that money goes to good organizations. Sometimes there's some drama around it. You know, what, what's the substance here? What's the end goal is that we're, we're repurposing clothes Poshmark gets a cut on commissions for being the app that you can do that, but you can still get some pretty tight stuff for a lot cheaper than if you buy it new in a store and you feel good about that. And the clothes feel loved and they become yours. Like you said, we all have pretty big, pretty strong ties to clothes. At least most people that I know, I'm incredibly nostalgic about clothing. (laughs) I wear stuff out until it has holes in it. My, my poor, my fry boots. Oh, God love them. I thrifted them at a Buffalo Exchange in Minneapolis I, and they were on their last leg. I, I can wear fry boots I can't just like it. that. But I'm like, you might have half of one more 
season in you and then they gotta go <laughs> so yep. that's why you use cobblers totally. and get them resold as yes, many times ma'am. as you can like, keep it going yeah. and that's another thing I think like I mean I know like probably when we were younger you experienced this too like just the stigma around not having new clothes and re-wearing things and that like I think it's gotten a million times better, but that's something that's a piece of this too, that, I mean, in all reality, there's not a lot of people who like can consistently that would be able to go to like a department store and buy entire new outfits for their middle schooler, you know, like we have to break the, that I think there's a bit of it too, like, but just like the stigma around what it's like to shop secondhand to get the good out of your clothes and if not that you like you said take it to Poshmark like get the app take it somewhere or donate it there's so many places that can put the clothes to good use that we're not just buying things that are like the wear it once and you hear people like literally throw stuff away and that just makes me (sighs) when I think about it and I certainly had my forever 21 days there's a lot of options now and I think the environment no pun intended is certainly changing around it and that's just one other thing that I think is really cool and upcycling and stuff like that that younger people are getting involved with now that like was just not a thing when I was in high school as predominantly as it is now so you have this this team this crew that you do promotional shoots for when you do the offerings so I've seen you do pop-ups for prom dresses for for teenagers like Having, having people bring in their gently used prom dresses if they were holding on to it. I think of all the bridesmaids dresses that I, yeah. I don't even know, right? Like, why, why do they even make I those know. things? Just, <laughs> <laughs> like, taffeta, oh, I know. that word. That's, and that's like, every event we always do, it's either like an item donation and then I give people discount or a monetary contribution to some organization, then it's not always a lot, but like I, it's another thing that's like any little thing helps. And so that like every event we're doing, everything has some like give back component. And I still, like you said, the prom dresses, that event happened right before COVID last year. It was like the last event before lockdown so we still have all the prom dresses that hopefully we'll get to go to good use not this year next year for students who need them so (laughs) they are safely under tarps in my garage (laughs) just ready to get out on a dance floor yep got some new new projects coming up with uh, a donation bus to bring fashionable, repurposed, upcycled clothing uh, to school districts yeah. in Des Moines. And I know that the supply hive sort of emerged out of the smoldering ashes of last summer. And, you know, I, I donated to them when I was still in Des Moines. It was like, what can I give you? Yeah. I'm moving. Just let, like, just let me give you all this, right? And where this yeah. vision um, came from. So this is, I guess, kind of just to go back that. And I know a lot of people, I talk to a lot of friends who even now still are like, what can I do? I want to do something. And with 
the supply hive, for example, they have just created this tremendous organization that like it it feels very campaigny to me in the way that like there's a place for everyone. Like you can't do X, you can do Y. Like we'll figure it out. So that's kind of how I got started with them. It was actually I think they got they thought I was teaching this yoga class that my friend had been doing and she was giving donating the proceeds to different like BLM groups in the city. But I was like I could teach a really bad yoga class, but I also have a whole lot of clothes. Is there anything you all could do with these right now? And not trying to be like, here's a bunch of like old stuff. Take it. It's like stuff that I was going to do a garage sale and I moved during COVID and just had some things. So anyway, from that, we had a clothing drive. We gave out a ton of free clothes and also had an upcycled fashion show last year that was really incredible. So the partnership with them came from, here's something that I have that I can do. And I think for everybody, it doesn't always seem like what you might be able to give is a natural fit, but I promise like there is something in Des Moines or where you live that would be super excited to have you on board with their organization. And I did not go to high school coming out very soon, but we had just talked about, you know, especially during COVID, a lot of these clothing closets that had existed prior are just not open. And also places were not taking donations as much as they were before. So we're like, let's take it to the people. So we are hoping to be able to get a vehicle in the nearish future to like literally just roll out, like go outside of high schools, go into neighborhoods around the city. People can come grab some clothes and it's free and it's like cool stuff for all ages. And so that's something also that's like, this is something that like a group of people can come together and do. We will be seeking volunteers to help. So there's lots of ways to get involved, not just with this event, obviously, and the coming ones, but um, with different organizations. And again, like it's closed, so it can be viewed as like superficial sometimes. And I totally see that. But to be able to just like walk up and try on some stuff and just like be able to like have fun with people while they're shopping for clothes, I think is a really cool thing that that we can hopefully bring to a lot of people when this is fully up and running. <laughs> I love that idea. And, and how, how can people get in touch with you or throw money at you for this, this bus? So like, is that, is that through coming soon. or is it through? We will, we will have the info. I think we're trying to figure out deciding what is, what is our final um, hope for the size of the bus and then I think on social media, we'll all just do a group effort. You can be able to check out like Good Vibes Movement, the Spy Hive, and my page, Instagram, Facebook. We'll create an event too, um, and people can donate from there. But it is not up yet, but we will. We should have it soon. Okay. Patent pending. <laughs> Patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. I, I I get this visual of the bus having like know. pop out poles That's so that you can thought. make yes. like dressing rooms. You, okay, okay, you I'm seeing. Took it. the vision out yeah. of our head. 
Oh, I just, I am so pleased with the work that you're doing where, you know, you're seeing a need, you're seeing an, a, a surplus, right? Clothing, problematic things with clothing. So, well, I'm so appreciative of you coming on and chatting with me and sharing about your journey, your visions, the, the kind of leadership roles that you take on. People sort of gather around you and, and mm-hmm. want to support your journey. And I think that's so beautiful because it's one that's yeah. silly, but thank you. It, it is. I mean, people like you and the people I have around me. I mean, I truly feel very, very blessed and can't thank you enough for all that you do and support that you have given me over the years. The Kind Oasis brand was created with the belief that premium organic CBD should be affordable and accessible to those who need it most. As someone who has used hemp-derived CBD to support my own wellness, I have to say I really like this product. Their tincture is simple, a full-spectrum CBD and fractionated coconut oil. That's it. They also have potent homemade gummies that are a delight, and the CBD is available in capsules or in a topical balm. Go to kindoasis.com and use offer code Inspired Astrology to get 20% off your order. I cannot say enough about this human and just a little insight into her astrological information. We talked a lot about makeup and kind of superficial things, which is really fun but also the process of service and support for others. And um, so Megan has a sun sign in Aries, Virgo rising, right? That service and process aspect that we talked about. Um, but her Venus and Mercury are conjunction Aries as well. So there's certainly that kind of bombshell, over the top, go after what you want. Um, beauties at the forefront but there's a lot of substance behind that as well and I really love that about Megan's energy so again I mentioned that she's got this event coming up with good vibes and the supply hive coming up this Saturday but if you miss it don't worry there are going to be a lot more events regarding these organizations there in Des Moines and if you have other people that you want me to chat with that are in the Milwaukee area doing the same kind of um, you know, activism and outreach, please help me connect the dots here. I love bringing on voices that have to do with what we're talking about seasonally. And I'm just so grateful to have you here today to listen to her story, to listen more about the festivals that are coming up this season from a spiritual standpoint. Um, this is work that I love to do. The podcast gives me a lot of life and I hope that you are taking good care of yourself this season. Reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren K. Hickman. I feel like donating. Hook me up. Venmo at Lauren K. Hickman. Uh, Look for me on energyinterpreter.com where you can book a reading. Um, I love providing Reiki and astrological insight through transition, grief periods, times of change, needing clarity, um, feel free to reach out. I'm here when you need me. Till next time, stay inspired.